Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there. Come beaming our worldwide here from Chicago, Illinois, here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Uh, this is Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got a special one for you today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai, we say we put the win back in your sales. And boy, I'll tell you, I've got a guest today. I was so excited when I met her, and we've had subsequent conversations, and she's going to knock your socks off today. I want to introduce you to Dr. Carletta Roman. She is the founder and principal for DEI Change Strategies, and we're going to get into a whole bunch of that. Uh, she is, uh, her company's called Collective Career Consulting. This woman has got so much education and multiple, multiple things going on here. I, she's going to make you dizzy today, guys. So welcome, Carlotta. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Bob. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I am still dizzy after finishing all of that. <laughs> yeah, we had a great, we had a great time in talking. Hey, listen, you know what I like to do? I always like to get this because there's something very meaningful about when I ask you guys to, to give me a guest to give me a quote. And I know there's something meaningful behind that. So why don't you let our listeners know the quote that you shared with me? One of the quotes that I just love to lead by and, um, you know, interact with others is 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. And that's, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We always have to have faith. Yep. Uh, hope is so important. But yep. love, and that's the greatest commandment God has given us, is to love. Okay. And if I can throw in an extra one, because, you know, Absolutely. just had to be a little radical. Yep. Uh, and this is from Shirley Chisholm. Okay. And, you know, she was a congresswoman, and yep. she was the first black woman to run for president. And yep. her quote is, service is the rent we pay for the privilege of living on this earth. And wow. I love to live wow. by that service. Wow. Yeah. And as, you know, followers of Christ, we're supposed to be leaders and servants, right? Yes. For other people. And I know you are. Uh, so, um, so that special meaning for you yes. of that, for that, in that quote, um, before we get too far down the line here, because I want to make sure we hit this, what do you want listeners to take away from our interview today? Yeah, I really was thinking about what are the core things that I want to bring in the message today. And first, is really about building community. Mm. Community is necessary for success and sustainability as leaders and in business. Um, it kind of goes to an African proverb that I know and a lot of others tend to say, if you want to go fast, go alone. Right. However, if you want to go far, go together. I love it. And that's all about building community. I love it. I love that quote. And 
Uh, now, it's an, was that an African proverb? Yeah, that's okay. an African proverb. I love that. I yeah. didn't know what the genesis of it. I've heard it many times. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's yeah. cool. And then the second uh, takeaway I would say is to really lean into God's grace and strength in our work. Okay. Um, I know I've uh, suffered from the me-isms okay. that is not about my strength. It's about God's strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 2 Corinthians 12 and 19 talks about that, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Mm. So working and operating in God's strength is his strength. It will come through. Boy, you said a mouthful there. I can tell you over the last uh, 20 plus years that I came to faith, uh, it it's pops up all the time because one of the things I, I got early on by a coach and a mentor when it came to faith was, Bob, you know, up to this point in time, you've had the hand on the wheel of your life. He said, now you got to get in the back seat. You got to oh. let God drive. You got to let Christ take over. And it's a visual for me because there's sometimes I feel like I'm gripping the wheel, you know, I'm doing, yeah. and I, you know, and I, I know this sounds silly, but it's like, I'm getting this little tap on the shoulder, you know, and he's saying, come on, get in the back seat. <laughs> let me take over from here, you know, and I visualize Christ climbing over the back seat from the back seat. Got the wheel and he said, yeah, I got it from here, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob, you're going to have to move over so I can get in that back seat, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I, you know, the back seat is great because that's a place where you can have a lot of comfort. Hey, before, I gotta, we got to let the, the audience know what your face story is, what your testimony is. Did you come on a bouncing baby Christian girl? Um. Of course, Bob. Of, okay. of course, Bob. N- not really, but a little bit. Uh, my family on both uh, sides of my father and mother's side are uh, families of faith. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if um, any of the listeners haven't detected already or they will shortly, is Great. that I have a little Southern twang okay. to my voice when yep. I get excited. But my faith foundation is in my family. My mm-hmm. father is from Louisiana. My mother is from Mississippi. I actually was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. See, there's that there Southern twang. So I'm, my roots are Southern. And I just remember summers after I moved up here um, to Illinois when I was 10, going back and forth in the summertime. And it always included a Baptist church. And I was like, man, do we get a day off? Um, I was like, hey, you know, so summers, church revivals with my grandparents. So um, my dad is um, an ordained minister and he's an elder and he was preaching when I was growing up. So I remember that. And I got baptized at six. And a funny story is um, as they were baptizing me, I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. So I just got baptized with my sister just because of that. (laughs) So the fire and brimstone in the Baptist preaching was definitely um, impacting me at at a young age. But, um, (laughs) you know, just my dad being um, a man of God and preaching was very influential to me. Sure. Um, I grew up knowing him as an evangelist and I used to say, Hey, I want to be an evangelist. Oh my goodness. And the thing I used to tell people was that my dad is just like Jesus. He's a, a carpenter and he preaches the word of God. So it. he really is. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then later on I rededicated my faith by getting baptized um, in my early twenties at 23. Okay. And for me, it was just because I was less active in my faith in high school and college, you know, yep. getting are, into freedom and, yeah, you know, wandering years. <laughs> distractions. Yeah. Yeah, you're so. the first person we've ever heard that from yeah. on this show, you know? Yeah. So but you found your way back. I found my way back. I'm here and okay. strong for the Lord. There strong you go. For the Lord. That is awesome. That's so cool. Now you said you came up north. at 10, you came up north. 
Yeah, so we moved um, up here from um, Mississippi. Really, I should say Louisiana. That's where we live. Yeah. And we had some family up here. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then moved up here and been in the Lake County area ever since. I've grown up here. I've worked here, went to school in Illinois, and I'm giving back to my community and serving. Yeah, you sure are. And, 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 uh, you know, we've got a lot of mutual paths and mutual people (laughs) we know in common, too, with all that and have uh, uh, obviously strong center on you know faith and work but also um, we're going to get into a little bit later this whole sense of of uh, inclusiveness and title you know all of that equality and all that stuff uh, with everybody because uh, it is in the communities you know this thing has a, a lot of meaning and we've got to really start realizing something and christians got to step up into that yeah you know, big time i mean we are you know ordained to lead the way yes okay so i want to i want to make sure we get into that so, um, okay, so you come up here north. Now, was that an adjustment for you? You know, for me, I was a kid, so not really. Well, I would say the adjustment was to stop saying yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, to no, sir, to different people, because my teachers would say, you're so polite. And, and I, till this day, still know that there's a difference between Northerners and Southerners. Yep. We have the Southern hospitality. So I do always like to say, I'm from down South. I'm from down South. But more and more, I am making you're Illinois my yeah. home, Midwest. I'd rather deal with snow than some of the other elements well, I was around ask the you, was that Was that a big kind of a revelation for you, coming up here in the cold and all that stuff? Y- you know, when I think about it, I don't even think the cold was a factor. I think it was just like, oh, my gosh, there's snow. That's okay, not something okay. I grew up with. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, down there where you're at, that. Yeah. yeah, what was snow, right? Yeah, what was snow? <laughs> you had ice sometimes, baby, yeah. but you didn't have no snow going out there. We're busy trying to keep cool. <laughs> now, I would, I would, I don't know if this is proper now or if this is true, but uh, did you find that the services up here, as far as the faith goes, weren't as long and as, as arduous as what they were down south? <laughs> um, you know, I've found some up here. It just okay. depends on where you go. But, uh, you know, I would say probably in terms of the music and uh, the liveliness. Yeah, there you One go. thing I noticed, um, you know, I think they always say, they refer to Dr. Martin Luther King, one of the segregated hours, um, right. his, his church Sunday, hours right. on Sunday. Sunday but right. down south, you know, you could probably see homogenous churches, but you can also see a blending. But one thing that was the same at all was how we praise the Lord. You got it. <laughs> it didn't yep. matter <laughs> what yeah. Yeah. your what church was like. We yeah. were praising the Lord, praise tambourine the and shouting. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's a day and night when you walk yes. into the, the different kinds of services sometimes in the, and the worship and Oh my goodness, the energy. Yes. It's just phenomenal. I mean, and, and people dress. Yes. You know, they're not coming up in blue <laughs> jeans and raggy clothes. They're they're dressing up, and which is a delight to see. I can't believe we're on this first segment already. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain Faith Marketplace website. Go out there and check us out, faithmarketplace.com. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small mid-market companies and businesses be effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With a vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience. And I'm really, I've gotten a lot of compliments on ours that have them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider 
of web technology services in the Midwest. I really want to encourage you, get out and check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. And we're going to be right back here with my special guest today. I'm so excited, Dr. Carlotta Roman of Collective Career Consulting. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Dr. Carlotta Roman. Uh, She's the founder and principal uh, for DEI Change Strategist for her company, Collective Career Consulting. But first, before we get into that, uh, Collective Career Consulting, and there's a lot there, uh, let's let's let the audience know kind of where, where, what brought you along to do this. So give us a little quick brief history on your background and your work history. Well, my background started with me thinking I wanted to be an environmental scientist okay. <laughs> at the University of Illinois. Yeah. And then coming back home um, to Lake County and, you know, hey, you're out of college, you need to find a job. Right. And my first job landed me at Volkswagen Group of America. Oh, wow. Also Audi Financial um services and i was saying i'm only gonna be here a little bit of time i'm getting my phd so i've been talking about this phd quite a while uh, right. 20 years no wow. but um the thing about working there it turned from a job to a career wow and i started doing training and development mm. moved into organizational development so hr really became my home the part of the business in which i can impact culture employees and right. i was a part of employee resource groups. Ah. So in the, our diversity committee right. for probably 12 years of my time being at Volkswagen. And wow. it really just grew and grew and even some diversity training. Okay. And that's what led me into getting involved in DEI, diversity, mm-hmm. equity, and inclusion in the community mm-hmm. and then doing consulting and then launching my own What's business. What's the genesis of DEI? I think the listeners probably don't know where did this come from or how did it start? You know, in my research, um, my dissertation was on understanding the lived experience of chief diversity officers in higher education. And a part okay. of that was diving into the history right, of yeah. DEI. And really, we can bring all of this back really to the foundation of the Civil Rights Act. Got and it. we think about that in this country and how we were really looking for civil rights. And that probably emerged into many different other things of disability rights. Mm-hmm. And then we saw a move towards affirmative action. Right. And then we're even seeing now just what diversity, equity, inclusion moving into social justice. So it right. really has evolved over time, maybe having different names, but really okay. about bringing forth those um, equality. Okay. Okay. And equity. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty recent term and I think people are confused by what is that and then parsing words out of it and yeah. putting their own meaning on things. So, so that is what brought you up to this point in time that, yes. well, what made you decide that you want to take off and go out on your own? Well, you know, Volkswagen, I always say was my safety net. Okay. You know, I, in my 14, almost 14 years when I worked there, I had about seven positions and oh, wow. was very active, right. but that was my first and only job after college. Okay. And I knew oh. if I wanted to do consulting, because I was doing consulting internally and worked right. on an IT project, that I needed to go out and experience the world, leave the nest. Right. And I decided to get more diverse experience in change management and consulting and DEI. Okay. And that's what led me to do that. And also getting that through my graduate studies. Right. Yeah. And that graduate degree was from a 
favorite place of mine. Yes, oh. the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. Right, yeah, that's great. But your MA or your master's was at another school. At DePaul like. University. Yeah, DePaul University, one of my favorite schools. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. Got a real strong fondness for DePaul. Well, let's get into this, okay? Yes. Really now the practice and what you've developed as a collective career consulting because there's a couple things you're doing here. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we touch on both of them. One part of this is that you're an author. You want to go out and do more speaking on the subject and get in front of audiences to let them know and get, you know, part some of your, you know, particular expertise and your wisdom on this thing, but also to bring people to getting to a full understanding of how mm -hmm. not only what this is, but how do you successfully implement this? Because yes. a lot of chatter going out there. Uh, and I, I think what a lot of people would say is there's the execution fails sometimes or it yes. doesn't meet with a standard. So yes. um, in your practice right now, so who's the ideal client? Well, first of all, what's the target audience for you speaking to? What would be the target audience? Are people uh, you want to meet or be in speaking in front of? So the people that I'm uh, meeting are leaders, okay. C-suite. Um, I'm really working a lot with human resource leadership okay. and bringing me in into their organization. My target audience are small to mid-size businesses. Okay. And I do a lot of collaboration even with other consultants on larger projects. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you have a, a real niche there that, you know, uh, uh, is much needed. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have that. They're a mile wide, you know, yeah. and about an inch and a half deep. So <laughs> that you bring a lot to the table with that. Um, so... I know this is probably an obvious question, but what problems are you helping them solve? The problem I'm helping them solve is really about building inclusive and equitable workplaces. Okay. And we want that to increase diversity in leadership and in organizational accountability. A lot of DEI were talking about awareness, but as you said, the execution fails. So okay. how do we build that into an organization and increase that accountability. Why don't you give us an example? Do you have an example of something like that that you've worked on? Or that, yeah. yeah. So a, an example of when I'm usually going in and working with a client, either they don't know much about DEI or DEI looks like, okay, we have an employee resource group and we're celebrating culture and we're bringing in food, but okay. we can go beyond <laughs> that. Yeah. So um, looking at the employee base and looking at diversity in terms of who they're recruiting and where are they recruiting. Okay. And not just bringing people in, but how do we keep them there? And this is the inclusion part. And this is why I love right. to yeah. pull apart diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's really about all of us. No one person is diverse. Yep. A group of people make up diversity. Right. So inclusion really gets into who do we have in leadership? Are there women in leadership? Are we making it inclusive for them? Are we looking at maybe uh, people that identify as BIPOC, um, black, indigenous people of color, mm -hmm. or as well, maybe it might be uh, disability or LGBTQ rights. Sure. Um, and in the equity pieces where we pull up our sleeve and where we may have to focus on particular groups and look at the policies and procedures and the strategy of an organization. Let me, let me back up something because uh, I want to pick out a little bit of diversity. It's, it's not just diversity of race or any of that. It's also diversity because I've seen a growing uh, trend towards it, particularly the uh, Silicon Valley started leading the way. Uh, people with special uh, abilities or special needs. Yes. Uh, autism and a lot of that kind of stuff. So yes. is that also a part? Because I'm seeing there's a, a concerted effort because there's specialty and they're just off the chart with some of the things that they do. But being able to bring them, but there's a lot of employee training that has to go around that because these people with special needs, 
have certain things that you have to adjust to. I mean, the, the employee base has to adjust to, right? Yes. There's a whole sector on uh, neurodiversity. Okay. So, you know, bringing people in into an organization, does the culture support them? Right. You know, um, I think there's that book that says culture eats uh, strategy yeah, for lunch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's important that the yeah. culture was supported and that that employee training is around it and that the leaders are not just saying yes, but that they, they are actively engaged with supporting it. Well, you know, that's that's another thing, too. How do you get the leaders really engaged in this? I mean, really owning it because it's check the box, you know, okay, I checked that one off, you know, and now we're okay, we're cool, whether we do it or not, but, you know, I made the effort. So how do you get them to really grab onto this and and make it important? Well, one of the things with Collective Career Consulting that we do is we bring to light that DEI really is change management. Right. Anything that we do is change. So starting at the top. So my change management comes from ProSci. So okay. a lot of people might know the ad car model. And a part of that is really having active invisible leadership at the top. Okay. Nothing is going to be sustained if right. the leadership doesn't buy into it. You and bet. buy-in comes not just with saying yes, but giving the resources such as the headcount and the money, but also owning part of that pillar yep. and living that out. And we call that inclusive leadership as a core competency. Right, yeah. I, 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 I'm just, I'm picking at this because I'm very curious myself. Yeah. The, the, this stuff gets blurry, yeah. you know, and I know that for the, the, the biggest knock on some of this stuff is just checking the box. You know, yeah. yeah, I did that. You know, we did that as leaders. The big issue is how do you really get that leader involved in this to own it or to grasp it and say, you know, we're going to do this. I mean, because as the leader goes, so does the rest of the organization. Yes. Oftentimes they're setting the tone of this and how important it is and so on and so forth. And particularly now, we see the great resignation. A lot of other things. This has become real important. Yes. You know, because uh, a lot of these companies are starting to realize now: a, we were surf, so uh, you know sorely underpaying people. We we're undervaluing people. I just read an article in Cranes uh, this past week about how now uh, they're slicing people off at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, in middle management now because they're finding out the people that actually do the work are really important. <laughs> you know, yeah. and those are the people that we've got to take care of, and they're bumping the pay for these people because they're starting to realize. They don't do their work. We got nothing here. I would say um, a part of getting leaders to buy into that is some hard conversations. One, if they're not a part of that conversation and owning it, we might have to swap out our leadership. And two, creating accountability. So sometimes you will see organizations and top corporations tie executive pay to their outcomes or put um, a performance metric. Yep. As a part of their leadership. That's the old adage, follow the money. Yes. Stuff gets done with you in scent, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Well, I don't want to run out of time here, but uh, um, what makes your business unique? Because there's a lot of people who go out there to do what you do. No, well, not specifically, but what makes it unique? For me, it's really bringing a formal change management model into DEI. Okay. And that takes DEI beyond just awareness. Okay. You know, we can... Watch the training online and be aware. Right. But what is that going to change? Yeah. And really getting towards sustainable and systemic change because it's all about achieving greater effectiveness in an organization. Okay. So um, what's the biggest challenge that you guys face with some, some of these folks that you're going into? What's one of the biggest challenges that you find? Well, you've already mentioned it. Uh, the biggest challenge could be really getting some of those leaders to buy into it. Okay. And that starts with educating the leaders themselves. 
So one of the biggest things that we tend to forget is to not um, treat our leaders and our middle managers as employees first. We give them a charge to go off and do something, but they first have to be treated as employees. So educating those leaders, showing right. them the why behind it. I mean, many times yep. people talk about the business case, but it's starting with that leadership and that's the biggest challenge. And then things will follow. I can't believe this is fast. This is going real fast. I got lots of questions, but hey, we're going to, you got to stay tuned, folks. We're going to be back here with uh, Dr. Carletta Roman. And uh, boy, we've got a lot more to dig into. And also how she connects her faith and work, because that's what this show's all about. And we know we're here with a great, strong Christian lady. So we're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. I told you to fasten your seatbelts. This lady's got a lot of knowledge here. But we're back here with Dr. Carlotta Roman. And, um, you know, I didn't want to cut up that last section because we got a little bit more here to go. But um, when you talked about DEI and you posted to me, you said something to me just before we when we took the break. Yeah, I was talking about it really begins with the leadership. You asked me um, mm, yeah. what were some of those problems that I faced. Right. And I said, hey, you mentioned it already. It starts at the top. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I think additionally with DEI, um, sometimes we can get lost in all of the rhetoric, as you've already identified. Um, when it comes to DEI consulting, it's really connecting it to the business strategy right. and what is the purpose of the organization. So in a corporate space, it may not be about critical race theory right. or talking about social justice. Those are you know, nice to have that people can explore on their own, right. but it's really about internally with the employees and the customers that we serve. Yeah. yeah th boy, now that's a part right there. Yeah. How do customers react to some of this stuff? They <laughs> feel a breath of fresh air when I say that because oftentimes um, people feel that DEI might be telling them that they are wrong and that they think incorrectly when really it's bringing awareness to certain inequalities or certain gaps. Mm -hmm. And then where we need to do a better job in diversity, equity, and inclusion is bringing everyone along together right. from someone that's a minority, someone that may be, you know, disabled to someone that we may identify in a C-suite as an older white male. Everyone mm -hmm. has to be a part and own DEI, not just one person. Right. And it's easier said than done, right? Correct. Yeah, because sometimes old habits and old, you know, prejudice and everything else, you know, takes, there's a lot of layers there that yeah. have to be peeled back. Uh, in your experience, though, with people in, in companies, um, you know, and I, I'm, and I can't make, paint this with one brush, I'm assuming that there are some people that are, are grabbing this a lot quicker than others. Yes. That there's resistance sometimes with this. So what's the qualities of those people that are, are most susceptible and most open to, to grabbing some of this stuff? Those that are most um, open to it mm -hmm. are those who already in some way are allies to DEI okay. without even knowing it. People who are open-minded, people that really want to see an inclusive environment in an organization. Those that may oppose may feel that their voice is being lost or something is changing. Or they're being threatened. They're being well, threatened. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, sometimes, and we can talk about it later in the mm -hmm. work, is the odd between religious rights and LGBTQ rights when it shouldn't be at odds because it's not about choice. That would be a good one for us in our yeah. round table. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a real good one. Okay, so um, 
Again, it's faith and work. That's what this is about. So um, who do you give praise to God for in your business? What do you give praise to God for in your business? For me, it's really about being able to be in a place where I can be an advocate for change and creating a positive and safe organizational culture. Um, For me, I've been able to be an advisor to leaders Mm -hmm. when it comes in the subject of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as you've already mentioned, oftentimes they can feel lost in what they need to do. So for me, my faith is incorporated into my coaching work and how I approach DEI. Um, You know, we're all in different places in this journey, and I use my faith to really build bridges and actively listen. Okay. And, you know, that helps me in leading others. And I feel like the conversation goes back to the quote that I started with. Yeah. That the greatest is love. And I'm coming in love when I'm meeting people where they are. I'm not trying to, in a way, shame them for how they think. Right. But to provide clarity and awareness to the realities of Well, things. you know, the other thing, too, I think, and you brought it up earlier, is a safe place for them. Yes. You know, to be able to do that. It's not judgmental. You're not making judgments. You're... You're giving them a space. You're letting them know they're being heard. Exactly. You know, so, and that's a huge thing today in society. And that's an additional um, term. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are so many terms in DEI, but belonging. You'll hear belonging. Do people feel like they belong as a part of an organization? And that's where the psychological safety comes into. So, you know, DEI is everyone, not just people of color, not just younger generation, not just women. It's all of us. Okay. Now, um, I know that you are a strong person of faith, but this gets a little bit uh, kind of tough sometimes when you're in a secular environment. How do, do people know you're a Christian when you walk into the door, or how do you express that you are a person of faith? Uh, people might know from uh, Facebook <laughs> okay. or social media in some aspects. Um, other pieces could be when I'm talking and certain words that I use. You okay. know, uh, believers tend to... Uh, express themselves with quotes from the Bible without right. seeing the Bible verse. Right. Um, I've had people to say to me that, you know, you must have been a believer from how you handled that conversation. Ah, okay. You know, because sure. I can have some very tough focus groups mm-hmm. where, um, you know, people, as we said, are feeling threatened mm-hmm. and not feeling hurt. Or it could be the other side where, you know, maybe uh, even people of color where they've been through experiences where, a lot of that is coming out yep. and, you know, needing that support. Yep. So uh, being a person of faith allows me to just really actively listen to people and mm-hmm. to hear them out. That's fantastic. Um, how do you inspire others daily in your work? For me, in my business and in my community, it's through collaboration and I like the word, the, I like words that start with C, not because my name is Carlotta and my business has three C's, Collector Career Consulting, and but it's about it. community. So right. collaboration and maintaining a sense of community. Um, as we've already shared, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion right. can be difficult. Yeah. Um, it may seem overwhelming, but I really try to encourage others to find their unique lived experience. We each have a unique lived experience. If no one saw me, they'll say she's from the South. She's a woman, possibly. Um, She's energetic. Oh, she loves sports. So there's so many things that I can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And for me, I get to cultivate DEI through social media. It's really good to engage in many different platforms with people. Yeah. And And the fact that you're a continuous learner too, because, you know, the conversations we've had, we've gone, 
holy smokes, man, you really get into some of these things. You get a little deep in some of these yeah. things. And, and it's just your nature because you want to know. You know, you have that kind of a mind, a curious mind, and the mind of a child. And yes. that's the way we're also prompted to be as far as the followers of Christ, right? Yes. We have to be childlike, you know. And then one of the things that we know about Jesus is that he talked to all people groups. Yes. He was going to those that often people did not want to talk to and engage with. And I think as believers, we can't stay in our churches. Yep. We can't do what's just comfortable. Yep. We have to come out and no one's saying, you know, to battle, but to engage around this topic of DEI and not see it as a threat. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because this is evolving. It's ever evolving. And, and like I said, you know, you've cleared up some myths for me or some things for me because I, I did, you know, it gets thrown around a lot and, mm -hmm. and, and, and then there's interpretations of what it is and <clears throat> labels that get put on stuff. So I'm glad that you're clearing up some of these myths for people that what the heck is this really all about? Um, <clears throat> you know, you're obviously a younger person than me. And you have your life's experiences. So what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? Oh, wow, Bob. Ooh, that uh, energetic Carlotta. Um, in high school, I got most talkative, and it definitely uh, fits me. So, you know, to my younger self, I would say, girl, you're going to be all right. Take your time and trust God. I yeah. tell people that Bible verse that says, Peace, be still. Yeah. God wrote that just for me. It wasn't for anybody else or any other situation. Like, Car put this in there for Carlotta because when she comes, uh, yeah, she needs to be still. So, you know, for me in my younger years, I was just so driven and goal-oriented. That grind and hustle culture can really come at the expense of our peace and health. And, right. you know, I would just say enjoy the journey yeah. of where God is taking you, who he's bringing you into relationship with. And yep. how your gifts are making room for you. How are you seeing that uh, you know, with your experience with the younger generation? Uh, are they grasping that? Or, or are they, you know, my generation was, we're all about the work, man. Getting ahead, you know, getting the, the house, the cars, and all the other stuff. You seeing any difference with the younger generation that you've been around? Younger generation is looking for <laughs> authenticity. Okay. Um, as we know, <laughs> we have a drop in, um, attendance among the younger generation in our churches Yep. and even um, in the younger generation going to college, that might not be something they want to do. Hey, right. I can make more money on TikTok, right. but they're really looking to be guided by their passions and something that's authentic. So they're okay. looking to us as leaders to live what we talk about. Yep. You know, it's, uh, it, I think it was St. George or one of them that was been attributed to this, you know, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. Uh, and what that really is, is, and I talk about it oftentimes, it's about the walk because yeah. this younger generation's watching. They've seen a lot of people doing the talk and people walking in a different direction, you know. And they've lived through trauma. Yeah. You know, if you take back to 9-11, then you go to a recession, then you have yep. a pandemic and another recession. And then we talk about other societal things with, you know, race relations. So there's a lot of trauma and now a war in Ukraine. So how does that young person see themselves in society? Right. And I think giving them the grace to do that is important. Um, I want to let you off the hook here because this is a great story. What's cool, funny, and amazing about Car oh, well, There's a lot of things, but <laughs> what's cool, funny, and amazing about Well, Carolina? you know, I always love to reference that I'm from the South. You okay. know, good yep. Southern hospitality and sweet tea. Yeah. And so <laughs> cooking. But, you know... For me, 
it's that, you know, I have a large and close family. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my parents have eight siblings. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so wow. oftentimes I see my cousins as more than um, just relatives. They're siblings at times. So my favorite part from being from the South, besides the hospitality, is the food. And that's New Orleans Creole Cajun food. I love it. And if I can make a recommendation, you got to go to Cafe Dumont. To have okay, some yep. beignets yep. when you go down there and, you know, have some gumbo. Yep. Um, so a number at of places. Etouffee. Etou- at, oh, we yes. talked about etouffee. Crawfish etouffee. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, hopefully I'm going to get a trip in down there with my brother uh, this fall. I can't believe, wow, this segment already. This is I, We could talk for another hour, but stay tuned, folks. We got a mystery subject that Carlotta and I are going to roundtable in the next segment. So fasten your seatbelt. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Dr. Carlotta Roman, and we decided on a mystery set. We're going to put a little deeper dive here on DEI, and uh, what's the what's that? What's scripture about that? You know, what's what's biblical about any of this stuff that we've been talking about? And uh, so, uh, Carlotta, I'm going to throw it the ball at your court here because. Uh, you are living. You're living and eating, and breathing this stuff, and you're a person of faith. So you have been able to combine, but you also distill down and start to define a little bit better as to uh, these labels we're putting on stuff. Yeah. And so, from your perspective as a person of faith, you know how do, how should be, this be viewed and scripturally? What's that look like? For me, and goes back to that same quote about love. Love right. being the greatest commandment, and right. God calls us to love. Love okay. is much more than a feeling. It's an action and Good. it's living out love. So when we think about that, we are called to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to serve others and really reaching across the aisle and in our corporations, DEI is in that. Mm-hmm. So I will, you know, be transparent and say that I was a little concerned when I thought about getting into DEI. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, there are all these polarizing yep. topics about LGBTQ rights and, you know, even where someone may transition in their gender mm-hmm. and what does the Bible say? What is the church saying in various ways? Yep. And it's about choice. And when I'm in a corporate space, am I really there to push someone about their choice? Or is it really about the environment in which they're in? And for me, it's about the environment in which they're in. I come from the lens of DEI and love and to build a healthy and safety, safe psychological safe environment in the culture and as well as to look where there might be some discrimination. So there's a little bit of equal employment opportunity that I also do within my business. Mm -hmm. So I come in that way. So in that lens and praying about it, I got peace Mm -hmm. and I'm able to even have conversations with someone that identifies as LGBTQ or someone that identifies with a particular religion and to hear how they show up in the workplace and what they face. Mm-hmm. So we all should be treated the same, you know, when it comes to at least sh- being able to come to the workplace without discrimination. Share with the audience too, ERG. Yes. What that means and what, pl- what, what, what role does it have to play in DEI? So ERG, it stands for Employee Resource Groups. Okay. And some may also hear BRG, so that's Business Resource Groups. Okay. So Employee Resource Group is used to really provide professional development and then also in a way in which the employees 
can look to help the organization move forward in inclusivity around, let's say, a DEI particular area. So there might be a women's diversity group, a mm. veterans, right. um, a LGBTQ diversity group. Faith-based groups. Faith-based groups. Yep. And those go from just cultural celebrations to professional developments to business impact. And one example is when I worked for Volkswagen, we had a Latino and Latina Hispanic uh, ERG, mm-hmm. employee resource group. And what they did, not just in their professional development, but they helped to um, get some of the contracts um, with the language. Because you think about Uh, all the different type of uh, diverse languages, um, not just, you know, one way of speaking Spanish in different countries. So that was able to impact the customer in their experience when coming into the dealership. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a great example of it. Uh, you know, and I've shared this with the audience because uh, it's been a big revelation over the last couple of years, and it's a, kind of a myth that I've been breaking. Every single tech company in the country now has a faith-based ERG group. A lot of people go, you, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, the look I get from people, and I'm having them on the show. I've had representatives from Meta, which is Facebook now. I've had representatives from Microsoft. I'm going to have a representative from Google here shortly, another one from Intel. Uh, and And these folks are really... I mean, they're at the center of it that coming, and it 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 it, it just enlightens me, and in the, I can't tell you how thrilled I am and the joyous I am to see that this is happening across the board, and especially with companies that people are labeling as being, you know, the, the devil's haven, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's really been, and I, my belief is that the stronger we can get with that, this whole conversation around DEI is going to be now inclusive because yes. now we have our individuality. You know, and and we're we're representing that, and we we people are recognizing it and understand it that we can do that. We can talk with like-minded people of mm-hmm. our little group, but at the same time, like what happened with this Hispanic Latino group, is they're bringing, you know, some enlightenment from a business perspective as to how do we address this audience? How do we actually do that? Um, you know, and the other thing too is, and I know that you've experienced this. This gets real tricky out there in the, in the social media and in the, in the world today. Um, and I don't envy any of these people, you know, from this standpoint. I just was reading an article about the uh, uh, lady that's heading up Walgreens and what she's facing, some pretty tough headwinds because healthcare and then getting into all these diversity issues and so on and so forth and could possibly lead to some exposure from, you know, a legal standpoint. And I'm sitting there look, reading this article. I'm spacing on beers is her name. And I'm reading this article, I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't want her job for nothing, you know, because, yeah, that's a landmine, you know, going into that. So I would, you know, I kind of, this is going to be my interpretation, but you kind of like are a mind sweep. You're going in there and helping them with, let's, let's lay, you know, let's don't blow up some of these mines that are out here. Let, let's not stop, uh, step on this stuff. Let's, to your point, the corporate strategy now is that path we're going to go down. We're not going to be stepping on a lot of landmines, right? Is that a fair assessment? A fair assessment, but you know, some of those landmines might be meant to be blown up or you sure. may continue to do the same thing that causes an in- inequity within right. your company. But I think that it's how, right. it's the how we go about things. Right. And oftentimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. So um, let's say I was to go into Walgreens mm-hmm. and with these issues, first it could be speaking with the leadership, Right. doing an assessment and doing some focus groups to kind mm-hmm. of find out some of that feedback. Right. 
or even the customer perspective to address some of those things before something's out of control. Right. And then bringing that back up to the leadership and then either walking that through with me or whoever is going to do in terms of their strategy and integration with their next process. Yeah. These are really thorny issues, especially for the person and people at the top, you know, how do you do that and not step on Cindy's landmate with your communication? Yes. You know, because you know, you, you got the leader speaking from the top here and all of a sudden that's from Mount High and that means then all of a sudden cast dispersion on the whole organization because, mm-hmm. you know, they make a misstep in what they're communicating or whatever. At the same time, you can't be overly cautious about it not saying anything or having any kind of a, a stand on something or a position on something, you know? So, yeah, and that can be hard because it's, it's like you can't say something for every little thing that happens. Right. You know, but you do have to say something in times when you need to show up. Right. In your experience when you were with Volkswagen, were you called upon in some of those situations as to how do we address certain things? Within our uh, ERG, um, we worked with leadership and we worked on things in terms of employee feedback, but more in my latter, in my own business, I'm called upon to give people some um, advice in terms of communication when it comes to certain diversity messaging, Um, even when it comes to their recruiting. You know, um, one example is, the golden ticket is companies want, okay, how do we um, get more diverse people? And when they say d- diverse people, they really probably shouldn't say that because that can be any yeah, of us. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, what <laughs> but does if that we, mean? you know, how can we increase, let's say, people of color or young, right. you know, black professionals? Let's go to the HBCUs. Well, HBCUs don't want you just knocking on their door. They want you to form an actual relationship with them. Right. So giving perspective behind that and before you need something from them, how about you go in and you do some mentorship? Or right. you help to invest in some of their programming. A give you before you get, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can't believe we're out of time already, Carly. We could, we could talk for another two hours or two days. Uh, folks, you got to come back here next Saturday. We're on every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And hopefully you've gotten some great leadership tips today, some uh, about DEI, also some information about the leadership. And I think you know for sure that she brought it today. So... Come back next Saturday where we help you inspire, equip, and encourage business leaders to walk their talk. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.